This is OPI Talk, the voice of the business products industry. Hello and welcome to another episode of OPI Talk with me, Andy Braithwaite. And today we are heading to Australia to chat with Brad O'Brien, the CEO of Dealer Group Office Choice. Hi, Brad. Good to see you. How are you doing? Yeah, wonderful, Andy. Terrific, mate. Great to see you as well. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for thanks for coming on. Now, we, we chatted a long time ago, it seems, anyway, but just at the start of, of COVID. And uh, here we are again. Just yeah, just quickly, what, what is the COVID situation there in, in Australia uh, with uh, you know, people back to the office and, and lockdowns and stuff? We're sort of hearing, hearing things that you've got a, an, another wave there. Yeah, mate. Certainly got another wave, the third wave. Um, lockdowns are not anywhere near as prevalent or relevant or indeed it almost not existed as far as lockdowns themselves go and and um, and enforced restrictions. The, the biggest challenge is the uh, return to the office rate, certainly in the CBDs across the um, across the country. We're a, we're a Melbourne-based organisation. I think we're the we're the lowest return to rate in the country at about I think it was was it thirty eight percent the last stat I read Andy thirty eight percent only has returned to the CBT that did peak a little higher initially when uh, when the second wave backed off a little bit but there's uh, more caution again but certainly not the restrictions that we had um, in the very early stages okay so people a lot of people working from home I guess. Uh... You know, that creates its own dynamics in terms of serving customers. We'll come on to that shortly, I, I'm sure. sure. But um, you've, you've just uh, just held your OPEX conference uh, jointly with G- GNS Wholesale. How did, how did that go? Mate, it was terrific. It was um, it was something I was a little I'm nervous, might be the right word. We uh, The last event we had was 2019. Mm. Uh, we had false starts, as, as most um, countries did, and to get the 2022 event up and, and have some really high engagement, both from members, the broader news agents channel, and certainly the supplier partners who were, were terrific in supporting us to get that sort of third wave peak a little bit, a month or so out, we were very nervous. We might have a, an impact there and travel. And, and I'm not sure what it's like in the UK, mate, but the, the airport situation and the travel scenarios and flight cancellations and resources, it's not a pleasant experience traveling at the moment, mm. but, Pleasingly, our numbers were actually up on 2019, so we had more members represented. We had uh, we had really solid suppliers, and just the mood and the engagement and the interaction. My uh, my worries were unwarranted, mate. It was a it was a really uh, really wonderful event. Yeah, what uh, what what were sort of the messages you were giving to your to your dealers, or or some of the stuff that they were feeding back to you? Yeah, the the primary. Agenda item was the release of our 2023 and beyond strategy. We've been at that for 12 months now. We probably chat about that a little later. Um, but in addition to that, we really had a look at some of the, the market insights in regards to the category and the broader category and the volume and the trends, the consumer expectations. A, a massive focus for us at the moment is a, a much more deeper insight into that customer journey mm. and all the facets of it and, and how that you um, immerse yourself in that. So we used a lot of um, uh, data and analytics and insights to educate our members to the reality of uh, some of the, the, the statistics, but more importantly, the consumer expectations. There's some really good insights to how the 
SME sector in particular are behaving and performing and, and what their expectations are and how we plug into that. Okay, good. We'll, we'll talk about that, I'm sure, in a sec. Now, I think there was some interesting news that, that came out of your conference is that Office Brands is going to join you next year. Is that something you've been working on for a while? Yeah, absolutely, mate. When we when we first came up with the Opix concept, it was sort of late 2018, and um, it was myself in partnership with uh, GNS, Paul Yardley, the CEO of GNS. We've sort of had this, and I, I've been quite passionate for a number of years about this collective industry approach, this um, uh, independent sector, having an appreciation for the challenges of expos and events from a supplier perspective, but also from individuals' perspective. So we were were ecstatic to get a 2019 event up, which we held in Sydney um, back in 2019. And whilst that didn't work for for the broader um, independence on on that instance, uh, pleasingly, having chatted to new CEO of um, Office Brands, Adam Joy, he sort of shares the, a similar view of the world around the need to be consolidating to be giving our supply partners the opportunity to have a cost-effective way to engage with the broader independent sector versus little isolated um, isolated events. So that was big news, mate. We're excited. There's a bit to work through, but um, September next year it'll be GNS, Office Choice, Office Brands, and we'll extend the invite uh, more broadly. And we already had a couple of the news agents groups, Newspower mm. and Nextra as well. So it'll be as close to a a uh, whole of industry event as we've been in my time, mate, which is uh, which is nearly ten years now. Yeah. Okay. I, I guess the obvious question is, in terms of collaboration with with office brands, is it is it going to go beyond the show? Are there other things on the cards? Oh, but we've got a very open mind. We'd uh, some time ago via I think the BPGI we were members of collectively many years ago, and then we had a, a short stint under a an OPAN's banner where we did a lot of collective bargaining and. Uh, that fell away in more recent times. Um, but in conversations with the office brands business and the broader independent sector, I think there's an appetite and, a, uh, and, a, and a, an interest in saying where else can we, where else we, can we collaborate? Where else can we create some efficiencies? Where else can we deliver value? Mm. Because at the end of the day, by the commonality amongst independents, no matter what banner they have, uh, there's there's opportunities there for sure, and it's I've been very passionate about that right back from day one when I when I started yeah. with the sector. I think there's great opportunity there. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, we saw in, in in the US the two main dealer groups eventually came together. Is that yeah. is there a willingness in Australia for, for that to happen, or is it too early yet to talk about that? Oh, mate, it's probably a, probably a bit early because some new management in the office brands business. Like, I guess I could speak from a, a personal perspective and from an office choice perspective. We've um, we've been very open and and active in exploring that as far back as six or seven years ago. Um, uh, at a personal level, I think it makes absolute sense and uh, is something that really should come together and, and should come together in as timely fashion as possible. And notwithstanding, we'd uh, explored it more formally. Uh, the timing wasn't right. The yeah. uh, the environment wasn't right. I'd, I'd like to think that there's a bit of um, sensibility and a bit of uh, new world that we can we can look at that. And, and, and again, it's all about the bottom line for the independent resellers, right? And the members, how do you deliver value to them? Yeah. And, and a consolidation in some form would, would certainly do that. And 
at Offers Choice. We've been a, a supporter of it for at least six, seven, eight years. Okay. All right. Well, we'll see see how that goes. Now, you mentioned your your strategic plan earlier on. I know you've been you've been spending a lot of time over the past few months on that, and then obviously getting that approved by your board of directors. Any anything you can share about uh, about the strategy and you know, where you want to take Office Choice? Yeah, but I think that this the 2023 and beyond, and I think we're sort of looking at a four year window is the is the sort of time frame that we're looking at. Like a transformational is is I guess the internal word we're using. Will will transformational be the definition outside of the office supply sector? Perhaps not, but certainly in the way that we're planning to support our members, in the way that we're planning to um, reward our members, in the in the way that we're planning to. Um, lead and and drive uh, consumer demand for our members uh, has a lot more purpose and a lot more non-traditional buying group intent if you like mm. so market share is is probably the uh, we've got five we've got five pillars in total one of them's about corporate structure and the, and the need for bringing our corporate structure to a much more current state where we've been historically very traditional in our buying group uh, mode. We're, we're changing that up in, in a significant way. Mm. Uh, the second is, is the brand and customer journey. And I, I mentioned that earlier, right, about that end-to-end um, customer journey and, mm. and understanding it and influence, influencing it and uh, driving uh, new customer engagement and existing customer satisfaction. Uh, product evolution and business solutions. We've been talking about this as an industry forever, right? That the OPI <laughs> events and what's the next phase and what is uh, what does product and business solutions evolution look evolution look like? We've got a number of things that have launched and will be launched in the next twelve months and some significant plans there. But from a real from a member's perspective, it's about that market share play. We've uh, we've undertaken a, a national footprint um, study. And we've, identi- we've identified that the strong work that we've done with our brand, so our brand recall in the SME sector went from 20% to 70% um, aided in the last five years. And there's a demand and an appetite for the Office Choice brand for the Making Local Work community positioning. And that national footprint study identified so much opportunity for our existing members in their markets, but also other markets that are, that are, that are screaming out for, a, for an Office Choice opportunity. So... We've got some really pointed and creative and maybe transformational approaches to how mm. we how we do that, how we inject ourselves into that process for our members via the operational excellence and the, the insights and the, the support that will help them grab yeah. the opportunity. Any specifics you can talk about on that? Oh, <laughs> but I think, yes, to some, some yes, mm-hmm. some not. I guess the first point for us was, really being able to provide our members with the intimate intel of their market. And we've been able to identify each individual member's standalone market share within their primary market um, via customer numbers against total customer base, um, um, subsetting the customer base to the 15 most likely small to medium business character types that align with our Mm. service and our proposition. And each member, just today, in actual fact, our ops team sent the reports out today. Each member today received a report saying, you're doing X in your market. Your market is Y in size. And uh, that takes into account two competitors and one retailer. And 
your opportunity report is a million dollars, and and then that's the that's the starting point, mm. and then there's the and then there's the operational support. That's great to understand that, but how do you capture that? How do you how do you bring to life the brand proposition, the making local work, community status that we've built with our brand? How do they convert that into into business? So that's that next phase of that. Yeah. Okay. We talked a little bit earlier about work from home and there's very low office occupancy, especially in the, the central business districts in, in your larger cities. How has that changed things in terms of your dealers servicing their customers when perhaps a lot of their their employees aren't, aren't in the office? I mean, what what's changed? Yeah, mate, it's been a really it's been a really interesting sort of evolution that's peaked and troughed and now we're falling back to that stronger percentage of people still working from home it was something we jumped on early i think it was about that july august 2020 where we had the the expansion of our services if you like of of, uh, working from home facilitation so if you had a company account we uh, our members were able to expand that company account to, to service at home employees so we had some real uh, focus in that area uh, and I guess what was previously a challenge for members around saying, I'm not a B2C operator, I don't deliver to residential addresses. The reality of it was that that can be done and it can be done cost effectively. It is a higher cost to serve model, but it, um, but it can still be done profitably. Um, and that still remains a focus there. You know, so, and it probably defaults back to one of our strap lines many years ago, right? It's funny how everything old sort of falls into the new. It's whatever you want, whatever you need it for, consider it sorted, right? So you see one of our strap lines. So it doesn't matter where you are. Um, it doesn't matter what you want. Uh, our service solutions, our making local work edict is um, really plays nicely into that. And our members have embraced that. That was possibly the, the most challenging piece pre-pandemic. Post-pandemic, our members are embracing that um, and, and delivering on it really well. Yeah. I saw Officeworks, they launched a new platform, especially for, for work-from-home products, maybe targeting the larger larger customers is, is there anything like that in the independent channel which is specifically focused on on work from home products and solutions not specifically as such like a, a an exclusively targeted initiative or campaign but but again that broader offering has been on our radar or certainly on our ranging in our ranging mm. strategies as we stand already so um and with that, with that making local work positioning that we have and, and that broader engagement in community, there's a lot of people that come and are looking for us to be able to do that anyway. And that, that was one of the drivers behind the um, significant investment that we made in our e-commerce platform. So mm-hmm. our e-commerce platform was a little challenged in, um, in 2020, 2021. We've just sent live, I think it was four weeks ago, six weeks ago, our new e-commerce platform that uh, has all of the customer experience functionality uh, that you'd expect to cater for all the varied customer scenarios, whereas our previous environment was a bit clunky. Now, it's a big project for us. We've got six months to roll out another 80 sites, so we're, we're a long way from it, but the development's done. The UAT's done. We've now got one live site. We're going to schedule for the next six months, so that'll really help facilitate that further and easily, that customization for each, mm. um, for each customer customers needs okay that's something you've done in-house or are you working with with uh, technology partners on that no certainly technology partners mate when i when i started with the business i think i said 10 years ago almost we did all that in-house we had programmers and i think we had 10 people in our in our it team no that's certainly um, outsourced with technology partners and 
Uh, it was a quite an extensive pro, uh, process. Uh, my chief operating officer, Jamie Kaiser, he actually attended the OPI event mm. this year with you guys. I yeah. think you met him there. So he's uh, he picked up the IT remit maybe 12 months ago and formed a, formed a member um, IT working group and committee, and they went through an extensive process reviewing multiple platforms and multiple third-party tech tech solutions organisations, and we landed um, we landed with a company called Commerce Vision, which we'd had a have a history with, which are B two B specialists. Mm. And uh, in our initial engagement with them, they were only integrate only integrated into one ERP platform, whereas now they integrate into five, six, seven. So they're a, they're a wonderful solution for us, and, and really getting really positive reviews from the customers of the site that we've sent live. Excuse my croaky voice, mate, on the back of the three-day conference you uh <laughs> you, you get a little bit croaky so forgive me yeah because often when we look at dealers and technology yeah we, we question whether your dealers can offer both both on the, the front end and on the on the e-commerce site in terms of the customer experience even the breadth of product etc and obviously on the on the back end in terms of you know, using that data and collecting the data and all, all that kind of stuff so i mean where do you see your dealers sitting in that in that tech space, if you like? Are they are they, are they up to speed, or will they be when they when they've got the, the new site? Yeah, but I think if we think about the the tech stack, the tools that we provide to them as resellers, as as B two B specialist resellers, we've made significant inroads. So the 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 e commerce site's just one. We're just about to sign a um, service relationship with a, a BIAI service provider that captures the insights and folds into a CRM and gives access to our members incredibly easily around all sorts of behaviour, buying behaviour, categories, frequencies, line per items, average basket prices, associated products. So that's that terminology is used regularly in our industry, mm. but this particular tool simplifies it. So we see it very much being our responsibility to deliver to our members and networks the usable tools without having to worry about the complexity about the back end. So it's integration and efficiencies, integration and efficiencies. To the extent that in this BI platform, we're pre-designing all the the dashboards, all the opportunity reports and all the... So all they have to do is open up their instance and uh, click a click a button, set a date frame, and all of a sudden they've got every one of their customers that haven't purchased for thirty yeah, days. Yeah, yeah, so we've got some wonderful tools there. The, the internet, the university that we've released last year, the the deeper integration into other ERPs. We're also just about to implement a new rebate software program uh, from a uh, a UK organisation. Initially, they're just setting up in Australia that'll streamline and simplify the provision of sales data and. Rebate data from our suppliers to us, and then us to our members. So, all of that signed, and all of it's in train, and, and either launched or has a, a fixed delivery date. So, I mean, I'd, I'd suggest we're pretty we're pretty comfortable that our members should be sitting there going, "I don't need to know the technical background. I've got the tools I need to be efficient." So, we yeah. think that's working well for us at the moment. Yeah. And that was the feedback at the conference too, right? They were all on display there at the conference. At the all of those tools were on display at the conference, and there were demos of those tools, and the members were very comfortable that they uh, they yeah. had a handle on it. Yeah. What What's the sort of the overall feeling of of your members in terms of how how confident they are or optimistic about their businesses and, and staying relevant? That's the word we use often when we talk about 
dealers? Are they still relevant in the market? How, how would you say that, uh, how, how do they feel? And again, in the absence of the weekend's um, expo and conference, it would have been a difficult question to answer. Now, um, uh, look, there was a, there was an energy and an, and an optimism uh, that was uh, that actually exceeded my my hopes and expectations. So, some of the data we showed spoke about the very evident uh, consolidation and decline of the number of resellers playing in space. And they forecast it out the next five years, and it's not a pretty picture, right? That the, mm. the actual number of uh, resellers that will be in that space significantly declines. Our view, our mindset is, uh, and I say ours being our members, that that's an actual fact of an opportunity. We're not going to be the sites that are in the um, in the decline phase. We're going to be the sites that are capturing the market share opportunity that um, that that generates. And part of that, without without oversharing in our strategy, part of that market share drive focuses on each stage of ownership that our members are in and we've got a whole program around the next generation owners um, mm. so what's the next generation owners in this space how do you find them what's it look like and how do you ensure that progressive turnover of, of uh, maintainable profitable businesses even at the other and the whole succession planning piece we've really amplified our support in that area and and have really provided our members with some uh, direction and some options, it's probably the best word to use, some mm. options to be able to execute their retirement slash exit strategy and realise some value for their asset, right? Most of these guys have been at 20, 30, 40 years. I've watched for way too long members not getting the value that they could or should for those businesses or closing doors of businesses that they shouldn't have or selling customer lists for a, for a dollar value that doesn't reflect the the real value. So we're really conscious that that's part of our value proposition to our members, helping them get a return on their investment at the back end of their ownership cycle. Yeah. Okay. Now we're in this inflationary environment. Um, you know, you can pick a number and say, you know, it's 6% or 10% or 20% or you know, for paper, 50%. For, for example, what, what's the situation with you guys in Australia? Well, I think the technical term is it's a mess. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, and um, uh, what, is the, what is the solution? What is the, uh, what is the silver lining within the, uh, within the cloud? But we're not finding it or seeing it yet. Freight levies, uh, price increases, decreased DIFOP rates from wholesalers and distributors. It's all compounding. And and I guess all that we can do and all that we are doing is really trying to continue to drive our relevance to that uh, reseller, to, sorry, to that supplier, to that manufacturer, to that distributor, and, and working within the restrictions and ensuring that we get the, I guess, get the, the focus that we'd uh, like and need um, across their broader reseller base. Yeah. I mean, are, are your dealers able to pass price increases on to their customers? And that's always a bit of a, a bit of a challenge. How, how well are they doing with that? Yeah, mate, it's a, it's a really interesting one. The short answer is yes, right? This has been my debate. This has been my debate forever, well well before pandemic, right, is that the actual office choice brand positioning and service proposition that we've built ever since we launched our shown the office manager back in 2013. I'm not sure if you remember her or mm. not. So that was our first um, uh, execution of, of driving a, a value proposition for our office choice branded dealers. And that's only evolved and got stronger and stronger. And this making local work current position 
further reinforces this, and that is that the the competitive price is always a factor, right? It's more of a factor when you're winning new business, but you've always got to be, you know, and we've got a price promise, right? Our price promise is that we'll never willingly be undersold, right? We'll never be willingly undersold in any instance. But the reality is that the customers do business with us not on a price basis. And we've helped our members craft correspondence around inflation and rising costs and the impact on their prices. And through a subset of members, we've monitored any um, any shrinkage, any loss, any, any customer dilution. And the real strength of our business and our brand is in the money, people people hang on because it's it's more than just the price and product that we're delivering them. So by accident or by, by design, our proposition, our positioning, our community-centric nature, our making local work brand, um, brand placement is helping us in that instance. That said, mate, it's still never easy, right? It's still never easy. No one likes to pay more. And it's always those smaller businesses. We're SME specialists, right? 50 employees and under. It's always those smaller businesses that that inflation hits more and with the with the more reduced cash flow capacity and mm. the inability with capital injection. So um, it's, how, it's, how, it's how you manage the relationship. But they have to, right, because we're, they're small businesses as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, just to, just to finish off, what's the uh, – What's the number one thing on, on your agenda for the next few months? She's uh, narrowed down to one. Um, I, I think it's about, I think it's about, and I use the word inject ourselves into the market share drive and support for our existing members. So we know there's significant market opportunity out there. So... We've committed to investing in those existing members, both in their existing market, um, but also investing in those uh, in our existing members in expansion markets. Mm. So we're looking at uh, really driving and investing in our members of a growth mindset, but delivering the key tools and support that actually impacts mm. that. So not yeah. a philosophical statement, yeah. deliverable. Yeah. When you say expansion markets, what what do you mean exactly? Is it geographical? Is it customer type? Is it new new products and new solutions that they aren't offering, or, or all of the above in some way? Yeah, but it's 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 an it's all three in some context. But what we've identified certainly in, since we launched our corporate transacting e-commerce website, an Office Choice branded national website, is there is huge demand out there for us in market. Um, and I forget the actual new customer count. I should know this, but it's a key number. But there was a significant number of new customers generated in the last 12 months that filtered through to our members. So for us, it's about return on investment, market share drive, market share growth of our existing members in a country, in a market that is aligned behind our brand positioning, our brand strategy. So let's make sure our members are being rewarded for their um, for their investment. Okay. All right. Well, good stuff. Best of luck with with all those projects. Thanks, Andy. All the best to the OPI team and hope to uh, to get to catch up with you guys again soon. Okay. Look forward to it. Cheers. Cheers, Andy. If you have got this far, then thank you for listening to this episode of OPI Talk. Please check out our website, opi.net, for news, interviews, analysis, and much more from the business products world. We've also got a great app that you can download from the App Store or Google Play. Just search for OPI Magazine. 
and we hope you will join us again soon for another episode of OPI Talk. <laughs>